Costa. Welcome back. How are you going? Yeah, pretty good. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. Excellent. Well, it's been a, you know, we've had a little hiatus uh, for Origin Week, I suppose, but we've got plenty to talk about. So Did you get things... locked down? You're not locked down, are you? I'm not locked down, no. Uh, Canberra's, Canberra's not locked down, but there are murmurings that we might get locked down. Um, okay. We have to mask up everywhere. Mm-hmm. You are you're in lockdown, obviously. Hell yeah! How are you finding it? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine for me. Uh, I don't mind. I I don't like people that much. So <laughs> who does? Yeah. Uh, all right. So well, yeah, as I said, plenty to talk about. I mean, the, the biggest news. Oh, before we get onto Nathan Cleary, how how's your team going? Horribly, horribly. Yeah, I I made I made a couple of massive errors last round, and it bit me in the butt. And yeah, uh, but basically, yeah. So I traded in Reese Walsh and Jesse Ramian. Um, I mean, the Ramian trade is fine, fine. Yeah. But so you might get lucky on Walsh. You might you might come back next week. Well, I think I'm going to sell him this week. For who? Uh, for Ruben Garrick. Ah, uh, see, like, so, like bring bring Hines down or something. Yeah, yeah. So last, so okay, going to round whatever. Are we in sixteen this week? I've, I've lost. I've lost track. It's about to be round sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. So going to round fifteen, Ruben Garrick was the guy I wanted to bring in, but the only way I could bring him in is if my second trade was for somebody. I think you know, 370,000 or less or something like that. So I was like, who do I really want? There's, there was a Sharks guy, but I was like, he doesn't have any job security. And so I didn't want to do one good trade and one bad trade. So I ended up doing two, I guess, what I thought would be pretty good trades, but they kind of blew up in my face, especially looking at what Garrick scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I have to buy him. Well, that's interesting. I mean, let's let's talk about that because that that's a big uh, point of discussion for a lot of people. I I bought him last week. Yep. Um, should I talk about how I went last week? I mean, like, I think you'll explode if you don't. So <laughs> go for it. Well, I bought in Ruben Garrick last week. I captained Turbo. Yeah. So you know, what can you say? Yeah. Uh, so had like an absolute massive like seven hundred and thirty point score, seventeen hundred and thirty point score. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and I'm into like fifty sixth or something. That's 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 amazing. That's really good. Yeah, I actually so I I was losing my head to head, so I took the captain off Turbo and put it on Heinz, and that that Heinz performance was so intriguing to me. Like obviously that also blew up in my face, but. I had to do something because otherwise I was going to, I was just going to outright lose anyway. So, uh, so the, the logic was correct, but yeah, that Heinz performance, they put on 60 odd points, doesn't get a try assist. Um, yeah, it's odd. He's gone, he's gone a little bit off the boil actually in the last sort of three to four weeks, hasn't he? So, I mean, he's still so, scoring okay, but. So watching that game was really interesting because I think especially with, with Munster back in the team, and also uh, and also with Harry Grant in that team as well, um, he does not command ball. He does not command ball at all. Interesting, because I want and, to talk about him a bit more. Yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of permutations and everything. But anyway, so so rounding back to everything, um, Ruben Garrick, like, so he's now what seven hundred and thirty k. He's, averaging, he's overpriced. I admit that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's averaging a hundred since Turbo got back, mm-hmm. more or less, mm-hmm. like ninety-seven or something now since Turbo got back. I mean, I was a little bit on the edge of my seat. He was on like two points. If he could, if he was kicking goals a bit better, he would have scored about one hundred and seventy last week. Yeah. Uh, he's not going to play the Titans every week, but again, he's got the Bulldogs this week, and they've got like half their players out, and that team looks pretty fucking terrible on paper that's that's the worst nrl team 
I've ever seen. It doesn't look good, no. Um, so, look, uh, even at 730k, yeah, look, I think get him in. I think he's shown himself to be a top two or three centre wing. Good draw, plays around 17. You know, goal kicking. Manly just playing really well. The goal kicking gives him a, a good floor. So even if he doesn't score a try, you think he'd score sort of 40 to 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, th- I mean, you should have got him last week. <laughs> but, yeah, but, again, but I think, you know. Again, that's what I'm saying. Like, I could have got him last week, but it would have necessitated a, what I would have seen as a, a shit house second trade to make it happen. And yeah, I don't know whether that. that's worth it. Well, I mean, in hindsight, it is, but yeah. Sorry, when I say you should, like, I'm sort of saying to to people, people should have got him last week, and that's not just because, like, he's gone up in price or whatever, but like, he's the Titans game was an amazing game, and and it was a no brainer then because he had the Titans game and the and the Bulldogs game two in a row. Yeah, and and now you've missed you know that 156 point score, and and maybe there isn't another one. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's, it is less of a no-brainer this week, definitely. Uh, but I'd probably still lean towards doing it, particularly given we have five trades this week. Um, That's so, exactly right. You know, you can manoeuvre things around to get in like more expensive guys. Yep. Now, okay, let's let's talk about Nathan Cleary. Um, mm-hmm. So we don't really know what's going on just yet. They're just saying it looks pretty bad. Yeah, uh, by, by the time people listen to this podcast, that you'll probably know what's happened to him, but uh, we don't as of Tuesday night. It's possible, yeah. So it could be that we find out on Wednesday, which is now tomorrow, that mm-hmm. you know either he's out for the season or he's not. Um, what are you thinking? What if he's not? Well, out I mean, okay. I guess there's a few. Okay, so well, let's okay. say there's three three scenarios. He's out for yeah. say three weeks. He's yep. out for six or he's out for the season. Now, obviously, if he's out, out for the season, you trade him. So yep. we don't need to really talk about that. Three weeks and six weeks, what do you do? I think three weeks I hold, six weeks I sell. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think it's probably going to depend on what my other trades end up being. If if I hold on to Cleary, then I think I have to sell Pangai uh, to do what, what, what I, what I want to do. So... That's not mm. ideal either because I'd like, you know, assuming... I want to talk about Pango as well, but can yeah. we just, like, just yeah. focus on Cleary? <laughs> okay, so... I get it, I get it. So, like, so it, yeah, it freeing, up, freeing up half a million dollars is very helpful, obviously. Yeah, it opens especially. up a world of possibilities. Exactly. But, but can I just say something? So, yeah. so I think absolutely in the three-week world, you have to hold him, and I'll, I'll explain yeah. that in a minute. Even yeah. in a six-week world, I might think about holding him. Because so you got your two options, right? Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, let, let's say you trade him out. Mm-hmm. Either the money sits around, like your three or four hundred k sits around, or you use it, right? Yep. And I'm going to assume that, like, you're going to use it. Yep. There's no point in having the money sitting around. Exactly. So, so if you trade him, you, you use the money. Mm-hmm. But then, how do you get him back? If you've used the money, how do you get him back? Do you need to burn two trades getting him back in to trade someone else down to get the money back up? Because I can't see any guy that you're going to bring in that's going to make a whole bunch of money. And because he's just scored 130, like he'll, he'll probably lose a little bit, but he's not going to lose that much. So that's we're talking about three trades on one player. But I, but the the counter argument is that you've got half a million dollars that he frees up at least. Oh, you got a million dollars, but you're probably going to buy a half a million dollar player like an SJ or Nicarima or someone like that. Yep. So you're going to have half a million left over um, in a five trade week. Basically, you have to use that Cleary money to perfect your team outside of Nathan Cleary. And if you feel like you can do that, and you know that he's the kind of the final piece, then you can spend your last, you know, five, six, seven trades closer to the end of the season, working out how to get him back in the team and washing out just, you know, the leftover crap and spend those two trades or even three trades to get him back in. I, I think that's okay. Well, it depends on how many you've got left. So I've got uh, a total of nine left, right? Yeah, I've got I can't, I can't burn three trades on one guy. 
that leaves me six trades for everyone else. So, so how, for me, how far away is your team right now? It's not that far away, but still, I want to make three or four. Like, if I make three trades this week, that only leaves me with six for the rest of the season. I'm going to burn two on getting Cleary, Cleary back in. Mm. And 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 because, like, there's actually not that many guys I want right now. The only only way to make my team and, and use that money right now and make my team feel a lot stronger for this week is really to like trade someone up to David Fafita. Yeah, he's the obvious one, isn't he? And then, and remember, David Fafita plays on the Friday night after Origin, so there's a massive chance he's either rested or benched for that game. Yep. Yep. So, and he, like he plays the Raiders. Plays the Raiders this week with a B of 130. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you know, the Raiders haven't been amazing, but they're not that bad. Yep. As you said, you you expect him to be benched. Like it, so that's I not think, a no-brainer yeah. trade for me. So that so, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, I can burn three trades for him, or you know, I can just bench him for a while for whatever it is, four or five weeks, and have him for the run home. Maybe he'll be a bit of a pod for the run home. Okay, so uh, but I th- I think also the the other part of it is what you just said. Like it also depends on where your team is at at this point and what you can do with that half a million dollars. If your only option is David Fafita and David Fafita is not that great an option this week anyway, then yeah, I can understand holding Cleary for a little bit. But for those of us whose teams maybe are not as complete as yours, mate, you can buy a lot of band-aids with half a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. I completely agree. It's team dependent. The other the other thing that comes into the equation is Nico Hines. Yeah. So, so for me, um, so the, the first thing is there's, there's multiple stories about what's happening with Pappenhausen. But the, the latest one that I've heard is that he's going to come back round 18. Yeah. Now, who knows? If he gets a headache between now and round 18, maybe he's gone again. Yep. But but on the assumption that he, that he is back round 18, mm-hmm. Hines has got a reasonably tough game this week against the Roosters. And as we just talked about before, he's, his output hasn't been as good lately. Yeah. So... So I could trade Hines to say Tohu Harris by Burbo and make like 200k out of that trade, right? Or even trade Hines to that feeder if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, that that Pappenhausen is coming, think theoretically coming back in round 18, and it wasn't long ago that there were some stories that he wouldn't be back to round round 20. Mm-hmm. That also makes me like that's so like playing with that cash. Also makes me kind of want to hold on to Cleary more because, I, again, I don't need it. So basically, uh, yeah, he has a very high break even this week. He has a very hard game this week um, and he's not playing next week. But I think I'm going to hold him. Why? Uh, the uncertainty with Pappy. Because, I, because I'm likely going to sell Nathan Cleary and I don't need, it, I don't need Heinz's money. Yeah, okay. Well, that's the thing. That, so that's that's exactly what I was saying. So I think it's a it's probably a choice between them, and it'll come down to how many how many weeks Cleary's out. So Cleary's but, out probably say six six weeks is probably where it gets to be almost like a inflection point for me, and I start thinking maybe I'll sell him. That's um, fine, but that's still that's still like like factual knowledge. Like they say he's going to be out for six weeks. He's probably going to be out for six weeks. You know, maybe best case he comes back after five, but. Until we actually see Pappenhausen take the field, like I don't want to make it be making moves with Hines on on the assumption that Pappenhausen is going to be back. You know, people were holding Pappenhausen in rounds like seven or eight because they thought he would be back after a couple of rounds, and look where we are now. Yeah, there's some truth to that, um, and so I think I think that's right. Like I'd be taking a bit of a leap of faith if I was to sell Hines this week, but it has been a long time. He has gone back to training. You know, they've said that they think he's going to be back around 18. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why they would say that if they didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and, and just that, just that he hasn't been kind of scoring quite so well lately and there's so much cash there. But yeah, look, if Cleary's going to be out for a long time mm-hmm. and I sell him, yeah, I'll probably keep lines just to, and just make sure I see what happens because. I can do all the other trades I want with that clearing money. All right, let's move on. But just as an aside, like for those for those coaches that that have not been frugal with their spending, 
this clear injury may be an absolute godsend for them because they're just going to have all this money to do stuff where like, you know, those of us that have been kind of counting our pennies um, earlier on in the season just will just be now be having extra money that we, that we have nothing, nothing to do with. Like it's, it's, it's a bit bullshit. But anyway. it's, yeah, it's almost unfair. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I take the point. Like, if, if Cleary's out for the season, or even out for sort of seven or eight weeks, and, and everyone sells him, yeah, it's like just money's just not even a kind of constraint. Yeah, it just you can just it's, do whatever you want. Just throws the season um, into a bit of chaos. It's interesting. So, so I was talking to some people who who don't have Nico Hines. Yep. And and for me, for for like three or four weeks, I've just been thinking, well. As soon as Pappy comes back, it's like happy days because I can just trade Nico Hines in for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's just his cash boon because he's worth so much more, so much money. Yep. But but for those that don't have him, they're real. They really have been strapped for cash. Yeah. Right. They've been like trying to work out ways to to you know to get to get guys in like guys yeah, like every trade's a value trade for them. Exactly. Always- and guys like you know Garrick are out of reach because yep. it's just too expensive. Yep. Um. So yeah, look like. Like that does change your perspective a lot, and I agree. Like if if Cleary is out for a long time, it, it kind of changes the narrative of the game a lot. Like it's just free money for all. So yeah. So the other little conversation we have to have with regards to Cleary is who's going to take his spot in Origin. Yeah, I've been thinking about this. I I actually think it will be Mitch Moses. Yeah, he's the most sort of he translates the the best i guess into clearies yeah i mean like i'm hoping it's not cody walker yeah that's yeah that's that's what i'm stressing about um i think cody walker and jerome blue are in some ways too similar yeah and neither of them have amazing kicking games whereas mitch moses for all his faults does have a very good kicking game and and that's probably been his best attribute this year Mm -hmm. and that's so important for origin so i i would have thought that he's in for that reason obviously adam reynolds also has a good kicking game but his his short kicking game has been weirdly off this year yep and he's also just getting older so i feel like if you're going to blood someone in a dead rubber you may as well blood a kind of a bit of a younger guy and see how he goes because who knows like you know there could be injuries next year or whatever yeah, so, that's the know. other thing like like do they blood like a matt burden or something like that yeah, Burton's possible, but he hasn't shown enough. I think when Cleary's been out, mm. like he hasn't really steered the team around in that kind of really level-headed way to to put the onus of the, the playmaking and the you know steering the, the team around the park. I don't think just yet. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think it'll be Burton. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So my money my money is on Moses for all those reasons, but I think Cody Walker maybe. Yep an outside chance which would be very frustrating as Nona. so other trades for this week there's a few people i'm looking at so we talked about garrick i think we both said you know he's probably a good trade in despite the price yep um there's a few other people what i'm looking at in in the props i'm very interested in Anfernil blake really do you think he showed enough i didn't i don't think he showed enough last week he scored 58 and he popped a couple of offloads. Yeah. Um, he's very cheap at like 410k. I trust him more than TKO, mm-hmm. who's even cheaper. TKO mm-hmm. is like 390k. Yep. I just feel like Stefano to Fenil Blake is pretty good. Now, he's still got a break even of 66. So if you're worried about his injuries, you could wait a week. Mm-hmm. Stefano, if it's if it's Stefano that you're trading out, his, his break even is a little high. So you might lose a little bit of money, but not a huge amount. Um, so yeah, you can definitely hold that trade for a week, just to wait and see. What, you again, like imagining a world where you're spending your Nathan Cleary money, and so basically everyone's on the table. Um, are you putting AFB ahead of Luke Thompson? Probably, it's hard to say. Luke, I mean, I, I do like the flexibility that Thompson offers. Mm-hmm. I think Thompson week to week might score a little bit more. I'm sort of imagining a 55 average from AFB where you might get 60 from Thompson. Yep. Uh, but Thompson is more expensive, significantly more. Not that much more, but like 
10k mm-hmm. more expensive. And Fnul Blake does have a try in him. Yeah. It's hard to know. Like, to be fair, Thompson scored a couple as well. So, yeah. It's what are you doing one. with Payne Haas? Oh, keeping him. I've got him. Yeah, I know you do. That's what I'm asking. What do you think I'm going to sell him? Well, he's not doing much. Ah, solid 55, 60s. He's absolutely not a sell. But the interesting one is TBJ. Mm. So, being so down on trades, I'm, I'm, I would like to hold him. Uh, yeah, if, if I don't need to sell him, I, I, I'll hold him. I'd like to hold him because I think he'll be a nice reinforcement. I think that the three rounds that he's out will go reasonably quickly. If you can field a decent 17 while he's out, like, you know, he can't get, well, can't's a strong word, but he shouldn't get injured while he's not playing. Mm-hmm. He comes back, you know, around, around 20. and He is one of the, the highest scoring full, uh, front rowers. And, yeah, that, that dual flexibility is nice. Yep. But, yeah, when, when I've played with the Nathan Cleary money, mm-hmm. a trade that stares me in the face is doing TPJ Dev Vita. Yeah. TPJ is going to miss all those games anyway. So even if Fafita misses 17 and 18, you know, he could he could quite easily score 100 this week. That's 100 points. Mm-hmm. Whereas someone like a Luke Thompson that you could theoretically trade him to, I just don't know how much I'm going to want him hanging around my team later on. Yeah, right. I mean, he's a good depth player, but yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. But yeah, out of out of Fanua Blake, TKO, Luke Thompson, I think I've got Fanua Blake just ahead based on relative prices. Can I throw one more name out there? Yeah. Tapao? Tapao, yeah. Yeah, Tapao's going okay as well. There is yeah. Josh Alloy to come back. Mm-hmm. So not 100% convinced on Tapao. I think at, at the very least this week and next week with no Jerbo, um, I think he should he should be pretty reliable. He's currently got a five round average of sixty eight. Yeah, there are, there are like a couple of attacking stats in there though, aren't there? Like he put on a try or something. Yeah, he put on a try. I think against Broncos or something like that. So look, they're all very close. That's the thing. Like I sort of expect them all to average about sixty. Yeah, I think except except maybe maybe TKO who I probably expect to average closer to fifty. Yeah. Um, so and then and then that's what I mean at the relative price and the fact that, that AFB does have a bit of upside, I just kind of lean to him. Do you have Papali'i in your front row? Uh I can do, because I've got TPJ in my Yeah. So right. Switch between them. Yeah. yeah. So so obviously it's it seems like there's a fair bit of depth in the second row. There's uh, the front row, they're all just sort of mid-60s guys um, outside of having Papali'i up there. So I've got him up there, and I, and I think that's the right move to have him in the front row. And I think it's Papali'i, TPJ, and then, yeah, one of those guys that we've that we've talked about. So yeah, TPJ is a hold if, you know, if you've got Cleary money to play with. Um, but if you don't, he's potentially a sell. I know if I don't have the Cleary money to play with, I will have to sell TPJ, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's another tough one. It's one. It's another one I'm really struggling with this week. I'm yeah, kind of yeah, I, yeah. Back, and back and forth. I'm really on the fence with it. Yeah, for, for me, if I'm in your position, I I don't like the idea of the Fafita trade in this week. But um, that's just me. So what about? Let's go back to the backs. We've already talked about uh, our mate Ruben Garrick. Hmm. Is there anyone else you like in the center wing this week? Which side of the field is Corey Thompson going to play on? He traditionally plays on the left. Sure. But Sammy's been playing in that position. And so Greg Barge's made way for Corey Thompson, right? Yes, but I think Sammy... I assume Sammy goes back to the right. Yeah, okay. And, and Corey Thompson goes to the left. Yeah. Uh, I you know, I wouldn't be getting on Corey Thompson for a number of reasons, to be honest. No, no, I wouldn't either, but... Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I just thought it was worth a mention. Uh, is there anyone so, else I want to talk about? Uh, not really. 
So you you bought a guy last week that I'm very interested in, and that's Jesse Ramian. Yeah. Um, he, he did nothing for his 50 points. He did absolutely nothing for his 50 points. Exactly. He did nothing for his 50 points. He's, um, so he's averaging 13 points a game in tackle busts uh-huh. and another 10 points a game in offloads. Mm-hmm. So that's 23 points he's getting just on his kind of week-to-week bouncing off tackles and offloads. So that's, yep. he's something like second or third in the league in tackle busts per game. Yep. And something like second or third in the league in offloads per game. Mm-hmm. Both, I think they're both behind David Fitter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's pumping out 50s, doing absolutely nothing. And he's one of the few... So the Sharks have got the Broncos twice. Yeah. And the Broncos don't have TPJ for a few weeks, which I actually think makes him significantly weaker. Mm-hmm. He's, I think he's on the Alex Glenn side, though. Mm-hmm. But he is playing against outside SJ. Now, that playing outside SJ is not... It's not that good in a sense that SJ's never been that good for his centre. Mm-hmm. He's better for his back rower and his right winger. But, yep. but still, it's not a bad thing playing outside of, outside SJ. No. Um, but but that whole conversation makes me think about, well, the right wing arm, I don't, and I'm not really interested in, is, you can't get him in the centre wing anyway, in um, Connor Tracy. Mm-hmm. What about our friend, the, uh, the ineligible one? No, no, the wrong side of the field. Matt Moylan doesn't pass. But but you know who does pass? Who fullback? Oh, uh, Will Will Kennedy, yeah, and they okay. they they play the sweep play really well, and and yeah. Kennedy sweeps quite well to the left. <sighs> yeah, look, I will say it's the it's the Broncos' right edge defense which particularly sucks, right? So that's yeah, that's what Ronaldo is attacking right there. And Ronaldo is good enough that he can almost make his own stuff right yeah like he's I, actually I, a very good player he is uh, i haven't looked at his stats for a while but from memory he's he's not he's not big on base stats though he's not he's not he's in like the kind of low 20s on base but he yeah. has been getting a few tackle busts lately mm-hmm. boost it up a little bit but no you're basically picking him on tries yeah he's he's kind of like a an interesting 200k cheaper option of um alex johnston yeah. Like the left-hand side of the Sharks obviously isn't anywhere near as good as the, the left-hand side of the Bunnies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do have a very good draw. He's a good player in his own right, and he's 470 k yep. yep. The only thing for me is, like, do they do they dispute the eligibility thing and does he end up playing Origin? Mm. That's the thing that worries me, and which is why I'm probably leaning towards Ramian. Ramian just with that massive base. Like, he, he only needs to score a try every now and then, and he's going to score big points. But assuming one of Ponga or Walsh is back, uh, does that push Holmes to the wing and maybe that person misses out, whether it's Mulatalo or Kurtz or whatever? Well, or, maybe, or that, maybe not. Like, Green was willing to um, to drop Coates. Yeah. And Old Mate didn't play very well. Carfell. Carfell. So it wouldn't surprise me if he disputed it that he ended up playing in. And get yep. through. I mean, they can't go any worse. Yeah. May as well blood some young talent. Yep. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't like it um, just because I don't trust. I don't trust that edge enough and I don't trust Ronaldo enough. Maybe, maybe, you know, for those Broncos games, sure. But like, I wouldn't spend 400 grand on just for a couple of games. Yeah. But they've got a good draw for the rest of the season. Yeah. But then just get Raymond. Yeah, but it goes against my no centers theory. Like the guys that benefit from the good draws aren't the centers; they're the wingers that score like triples. Yeah. Um. I. I yeah. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So I'm interested in both of them because, as I say, the the sharks have clearly got the best draw for the rest of the season. Yep. Uh, there's not anyone else I'm really interested in the center wing. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose if you kind of like Campbell Graham, mm-hmm. 
No, 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 not not wrong interested. Side of the field, so, though. so yeah, so Tane Milne is in on form at the moment. I think so. Yeah, but but okay. Jackson Polo could come back. Oh, that's the guy I was. Yeah, I was like, who's the other guy who's meant to come back? Okay. Yeah. So so Milne is a good downgrade option through the through the last buy. Um, so if, if people are looking for around 17 players, I, th- I think he, he's worth a look, but maybe wait till next week and see the team sheet if you can afford well, to the, do that. The popular Tomoko didn't get named. That's right. So um, so I think Milne's on the radar a little bit. Um, Campbell Graham, uh, great player. Yeah, I don't he know. He does have very good base. He does. He rarely scores under like 35. Yeah, I still take Raymond over him though. Me too. Me too. Uh, okay. I mean, the other thing you could do, and I kind of want to have a discussion about pods in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a slightly long winded discussion, but one of the things I was going to say was like there are certain times when when really good pods appear for for particular reasons, and one of them is because people steer away from. Origin players, effectively, or, or guys that don't play round seventeen. And yeah, so we guys... had this. Sorry, we had this conversation a few weeks ago, and you basically said, "Do you take Val Val Holmes was the example you gave?" And you said, "Do you yeah. take Val Holmes, knowing that he's going to be out these games, or do you take?" I can't remember who the other alternative was. Yeah, but I think in hindsight, Holmes was clearly the better option. It's interesting you say that because, like, he hasn't scored that well in between Origin games. Yeah, I can't remember who the alternative was, but I think it was somebody who who sucked balls. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But I mean, Val Holmes is like he did have one pretty bad score, so he's going to probably yeah. come down in value a bit. But um, I mean, the interesting one I think in that category at the moment is Dan Gagai. Yeah. Yeah, so, very low, very low negative break even. Yeah, and just scoring really well consistently all year. Yep. And no, like very few people have got him because because he's an Origin player and they they're just steering away. And by the time Origin's over, he'll be too expensive, so people still won't get him. Yep, I'm I, I personally I'm steering away um, only because I've got Walker and Johnston already. Um, I don't. I feel like I feel like my I'd be cannibalizing too much of my team if I got him. Yeah, I don't mind that so much. My only thing with that is I think you've missed the boat slightly. Yeah, I think exactly. last week or the week before was probably the time to do it if you're going to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And then it would have been a great trade. But this week now with Origin coming, they've kind of had a couple of their really good games. Still an interesting move, but yeah, would have been genius last week. Yeah. Okay, um, we've talked a little bit on this podcast about Sean, like, yeah, Sean Johnson or Cody Nicobrema already. Yeah. Um, obviously, if if Cleary's out, those two guys are probably the most obvious options given they play round seventeen. Agreed. I said that I was leaning towards Nicobrema last week, but for some reason I'm back on SJ. I'm I'm on SJ out of those two. His draw is just too good. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think with clear if Cleary's out, Cleary to SJ will be a trade for me. Yeah, I think so too. I'm I'm sort of back leaning towards SJ again. Okay, just, so let's very clinical. But there's one other guy who's very interesting that I want to talk about. Okay. But anyway, mm-hmm. what were you gonna say? Oh no, the conversation I want to have is a long one. So go. DCE. Right. Okay. I'm listening. <laughs> So obviously doesn't play, doesn't play round seventeen. Not clear whether he'll play round eighteen. They play on the Friday after Origin, but mm-hmm. he's not a guy that's often been rested. Yep. But you know, he could be rested. Manly are on fire. Yes. Now his scores have still been up and down. So even in the games where they've scored really well, he's still thrown in the occasional twenty or thirty. Yep. But then in other games, he's like he's scoring one hundred and twenty. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a massive pot. No one's got him. Yep. What do you reckon? Okay, so I think I do want to have 
the conversation that I wanted to have with you right now. Okay. Since you asked that question. This is the scenario for, my, for most serious super coaches. They're positioned somewhere between, let's say, 100 and you know, 3,000 or something like that. Okay. Um, yep. So they're off the pace a bit. We're coming into the mega buy round. They have five trades. They have the biggest opportunity they've had all season to pot up um, compared to those guys who are leading the comp. Surely this is the window that you pot up, right? This is the time where you get go like max contrarian. You get in your DCEs. You get in your, you know, I don't know, Nicaremas over SJs or whatever, or whoever it is that the top teams don't have because really what else can you do? If you're, if you're actually an overall player, then you can't follow the herd at this point. It's too late. I disagree. All right. Um, Why do you disagree? So I think, I think what you're talking about is a really common trap that people get into when they think about potting up. And that is exactly what you just said. It makes, it seems to make logical sense. Like the guys in front of me all have these players. If I get those players as well, I can't catch them. Mm-hmm. So I'll just get different players. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, right? Yep. Seems to make sense. However, if they've got the best players, then you're not going to catch up to them by getting worse players, right? Like just because you're getting different players, it doesn't mean you're going to catch up. And but usually, best, best is in the past. Yeah, like, yeah. But, but but what what a lot of people do is they go, oh, I'm just going to pick a different player solely because they are different, solely because they are a point of difference. I'm going to get them because someone else has got it. But you have to do that. Well, you don't have to do that with all of them. And you've got to, the ones you do get, you've got to get for the right reasons. And this is sort of what I was trying to touch on before. You can't just be because they're different. There has to be something that people are overlooking. No, obvious, obviously, obviously. So you can say, you can say someone like, so Nikarima and SJ both have excellent draws, right? And you and I, like, SJ has the SJ has the um, uh, the pedigree and he's got the slightly better draw, so that's who we get, right? And then somebody else looks at the top 10, let's say, and, se- and sees that, you know, eight or nine of them have, have SJ, only one or two have Nikarima, and they say to themselves, you know what, with RTS at the back again at the moment, and, you know, Nikarima might go a little bit better. He might outscore SJ. And on top of that, SJ's just, like, settled his whole Warriors contract. Maybe he was playing for a contract the last, you know, five or six weeks. And that, and he's, he's just going to regress now because he's just going to take it easy. So I'm going to get on Nikarima. That's, a, that's all valid arguments. And you're getting the pod guy there. And you just do that two or three times. In your but at the team. end of the day, if your guy doesn't score more than the guy that the other guy has, then you're going backwards. Like, like those, those things that you said, maybe they're valid arguments, but maybe they're not like they're, they're not data-based arguments. They're, you no, know, it's, I, it's I the... personally, I think that SJ is a better choice right now. Now it's a tough one. It's a very close, but personally, I think SJ is a better choice. So I'm not going to pick Nick Arima, even if he's lower owned, because I think SJ is a better choice. I will find some other pod at some other point during the rest of the season that I think is actually just a better choice but it's also being overlooked. Will you though? I think you have to. Have will you to though? Have You've it. got nine trades left. Where, like, when do you expect to find that guy? Well, there's a, there's a bunch of things, right? There's there's captaincy options, and we've seen that that's huge this year. Yeah. So that in itself gives you a pod each week potentially. Now, I'm not saying that you you go for crazy pod options for the same thing that I just talked about. You still should be basically picking the best option each week, but you might be able to to figure out a better option than, than the common option um so that's that's one thing but there are still like there are guys not many now unfortunately because garrick's getting very very popular but like ramian's one right like i'm not sure that that many people will pick up ramian this week sure and like a campbell graham or someone like that is is you know other ones to talk about or even a gag guy that's that's fine but look what i'm talking about is the exact same logic as to what i did last week which was I thought Turbo was the best captain option. I captained him all through the week. Halfway through the weekend, I was clearly behind. I was going to lose my matchup. 
So I depotted my captain to Hines, even though I thought he wasn't the best option for captain. But there's not there's a scenario in which you know Turbo does his hammy in the first minute. Yeah, or... but it's but th- but that's this is exactly the scenario I'm talking about. Yeah, that, it is. There is a scenario that Turbo does his hammer hammy, but it's probably one in twenty, right? Like you you still got to play the averages. And and Turbo last week was like you can't just go well everyone's picking Turbo so I'm not going to pick Turbo right so what happens is you lose 200 points and then you're completely fucked and what what the guys in first and second and tenth place want you to do is do things like that so they just coast it all they have to do is play percentages and they coast away into the the rest of the season you've got to be very careful and 99 point like pretty much all the time you pick the best option but as I say you you're looking for the best option when other people have overlooked the best option. And they're, they're hard, they're hard to find, but that's the only way to do it. That's right. But what I'm trying to say is the window to find them in both time left in the season and number of trades left to, to buy those people is diminishing to the extent that if you're five, six, seven, eight hundred points behind the pace, you can't just be like, I'm going to make four trades like everybody else tra- has made. Yeah, yeah, look, I agree with trade. that. So this is this is what this is exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying this is the mega trade week. You have like you have a massive opportunity here, especially with all the Nathan Cleary money, to say I'm going to take my team in a different direction. Now's the time to be doing that. Yeah, look, I agree with that. But I'm just saying you, you've got to you've got to pick the guys for the right reasons. And and there's look, there's a handful of reasons um, that I think about when I think about picking pods and I've already mentioned one of them. One of them is good guys are overlooked because they don't play by round. Yes. That's one. Yeah. Two is someone that got on a run that is now too expensive and people don't want to show out the cash. Yeah. Good, good example of that is Brandon Smith. People don't want to get on Brandon Smith now, although he's yep. actually not that much of a pod. Um, three is that they're just like, Oh, there's a common one, and this actually comes back to Ruben Garrick. They don't have pedigree. Yeah. So they're they're on a run, and people don't think it's going to last because they don't have pedigree. Yeah. Um, four is just like they are, you know, either they've got a great draw and they've got a run, but people just haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Like it's just really early on in the run, and people yeah. kind of haven't tuned onto it yet, and you try and get on that run before others do. Yeah. Uh, that's all I can think of right now. But there, yeah, there's some obvious. That's all ones. fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, just throw a dart, you know, blindfolded a dartboard and, and hope for the best. But, but I realistically think if you're making five trades this week and you're in that sort of, you know, I don't know, five hundred to three thousandth position, then, like at least three of them should not be in, in the top 10 most popular trades of the week. Sure. Yeah, like potentially, or at least one or two maybe. Um, but 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 not picking Turbo last week as captain was throwing a dart and hoping for the best. It was the yeah, wrong but, option. There are, no, you've got to find other ways to try and catch up that aren't just no, but, but, the wrong option. But but that's that, that, that is slightly different because... Because you're just working in the closed system of of a one week head to head competition, like yeah, yeah. But but what I'm saying is, like, if you use that example to try and catch up to, let's say, playing overall, and you're yeah. like, oh, I've got a pot up, so I'm just not going to pick Turbo as my captain. Yeah, like, no, 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 me, no, no. that's just that's throwing dart. It is, it is, but but there's a point in the season where even that becomes justifiable. And, and that, that might be, you know, rounds 23, 24, 25, something like that. But it has to be then. It has to be. If you if you if it's round 25 and you're 100 points off the pace, then yeah, you can't course, take them. By, by round 25, that's right. But, like, sure, which, so there's, there's, always, like, there's always a moment. And it, and it depends. Like, like, if I'm honest, you know, if you're outside the top 1,000 now, like, you're in trouble. Like, <laughs> I mean, you might have 17 players for round 17 and, you know, maybe you're going to catch up a lot there. Maybe you can absolutely nail every captaincy choice and whatever. So there is, like, there's a lot of points to catch up, but it's going to be hard. Like, I'm in 56th spot and I'm 400 points behind the, the leader. Yeah. Like, even now I'm at 50, that in 56 thinking, well, how am I actually going to catch up those 400 points? Like, yeah. the leader's team doesn't look that different to mine. But yeah. what I'm not going to do is just, like, 
start throwing Hail Marys just yet. Maybe in round 24 or turn, round 23 I will, but not now. It's still about playing. If you're, if you're 400 points behind now and assuming, you're, you know, if you can't catch that up by rounds 23, then it's too late then. Yeah, that's probably true. That's right. But But the best strategy for me right now is to, in most of my choices, play the percentages. And I don't mean just like pick boring trades. I just pick the right trades. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then maybe look for that occasional kind of guy that people are overlooking. Like Ruben Garrick last week. Hmm. Yep. I, I think we just argued our way to agreement. <laughs> uh, that's about the most we've yelled at each other. No. Okay. Okay. So... Where were we? We're talking about halfbacks. Um, is there anyone else? I mean, there's obviously there's Jerome Hughes as well. Um, I don't think you'd do that this week, though, right? I suppose you could. I think they've got what is it? Two quite hard matchups coming up now. Yeah, uh, they've got one a hard one this week, and then obviously the week off, and then I think eight, ten, nine, ten are okay. Right. So. Yeah, I think the other guy, I guess we have to talk about maybe Sam Walker. I've lost interest in Sam Walker, to be honest. Yeah, that's interesting. So he still, after all his up and down, still has a 73-point average as opposed to Hughes' 75. And Sam Walker's playing an extra game, assuming you know he's all healthy now and back in the team. Yeah, that is interesting. It's a good start. So now he would he would theoretically lose the kicking, and yeah, he's you know, not kicking at the moment, which is a big problem. Yeah, so so I'm wondering what happens now. So maybe TKO kicks when he's on the field, and Adam Kieran kicks when he's on the field. I, I don't know how Adam Kieran isn't starting in this team. Yeah, so so Kieran's on the bench, is he? And what Verrills is starting hooker? Verrills is starting. So 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 as another side. Verrills is a target of mine because I've still got Connor Watson in the hooker position. Right. I mean, even Braley, you know, he's not exactly performing. He's still like top four or five hookers and they're all within like a point of each other. Yeah. Excluding Harry Green, who's injured. No, look, I I quite like Verrills as an option. How many minutes has he been playing? Uh, I think about 50. He's not. He's not setting the world on fire. Yeah. But I think he's. I think the the opportunity is going to be there. And in, in terms of in terms of got like round seventeen guys, if you need to free up hooker money for two hundred fifty grand, there's there's not a better option. Yeah, he's kind of in that space of like, I I don't want I don't want shitty guys like that clogging up my team at this point of the year. But I I sort of get it. He's very cheap. Yeah. Yeah, it's and again, like, this comes back to the Cleary thing, right? Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Like you just don't need to do shitty trades like that if you, if you've got the Cleary money. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but you know, also, you might be running out of positions to trade non-round seventeen guys out for round seventeen guys. So, for example, like, you know, I don't, I don't want Stefano or. Um, Spencer Lemieux in my team. Mm. So that's two positions that, that I can definitely trade out. Most, most of the other positions in my team are either guys who are already playing round 17 or out-and-out keepers. So how many actual tradable positions do you have? I've only got like four or five, if that. Yeah. And Connor Watson is one of them. So yeah. who, who else can I trade him to? And, and well, what about, have you thought about Jeremy Marshall King? Yeah, people have talked about him. I, to be honest, I haven't had a good look at him yet to to be able to say anything with confidence. So, yeah, look, I don't know what I think either. I mean, he could actually come into that kind of um, people don't like the name, they don't like this, he plays for an unsexy team and, and people could overlook him for that reason. Now, maybe it's a good reason, but... Um, he has scored reasonably well. He's kind of been kind of around the 50, 50 to 60 base. He's going to be staying under the post for 80 minutes this week. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, 
let's have a look at him. He's he's four hundred and forty seven k. He in the last so he's only played four games this year for mm-hmm. an average of fifty three. Mm-hmm. Um, but his first two games he played forty seven and forty nine minutes for 42 and 31 in the last two games he played 80 minutes both games and scored 75 and 66 yep i think there was an attacking start in the 75 mm-hmm. uh but still 80 minutes is there a hooker on the bench for the broncos for the bulldogs this week yeah no i don't think any of those guys are hookers so if he's playing 80 at 470k yeah, like it's not a slam dunk, is it? Again, are you going to be playing him outside of you know this week and next week? I think he's playable, and he would be. You'd be like reasonably confident with him as your backup hooker if you need to play him later on in the season. I would have thought. But he has had in, like plenty of injuries in the past from memory. Hmm. Hmm. I don't hate it, but... Yeah, he's an interesting one. I have to look at him further, but... He's only coming up because there's such crap in that position. Yeah, but so that's the thing, right? Like, most of us have Brayley. I, I don't know, like, it sounds like maybe you're not happy with it, but I'm happy to play Brayley as my starting hooker for the rest of the year. Um, and I don't want to play a second hooker because the hooker position shit this year. Yeah, so I've, I've got um, Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith, yeah. So I'm going to be looking to play, obviously, Brandon Smith every week. And I'm, I'm going to sit Braley as an NPR. So Brandon Smith has scored five tries in the last four games, seven tries in the last seven games. Like, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. He scored 80-odd points against the Tigers in like 27 minutes. Yeah. He came off with an injury. He, if he hadn't come off with an injury in that game, he could have scored 200. Yeah. Like the Tigers were, yeah, it was a bit frustrating that it came off, but still, he's scoring very well. Yeah. Um, and it seems like, I, I said this to, to Hunter last week, I, it seems like he can coexist with Harry Grant. It does, doesn't it? Like, I'm not actually no longer worried about Harry Grant coming back because he just plays 20 minutes at hooker, then he comes on, on, comes on a lock and mm-hmm. Harry Grant creates space for him anyway. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. And he's, he just looks fitter and so dangerous near the line. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't do it this week, but come round eighteen, yeah, like even at his price, be interesting to see who outscores who between Smith and and Harry Grant for the rest of the year. Yeah, that will be interesting. It will be interesting. Uh, okay, so yeah, Hook is a bit of a fucking yeah you know, shit fight. There's nothing there. Yeah. Um. What else is there? Any what, why? Why is that? Like, I don't, I don't quite understand what's happened to make that the case. Well, I think it's just Cameron Smith retired. Yeah, Damien Cook's gone off the boil, mm. and there are very few other eighty-minute hookers. Mm. And they, like they have, so in in past years we've had probably four, maybe three or four good options because you had Smith and Cook and. Maybe one or two other guys, Grant, someone else popped up. Yep. Um, and now with Smith and then Breed Marnie got injured and it's just a bit of a wasteland. And like even your Jaden Braley's who's playing 80 minutes, just he doesn't have much tack in him. He very rarely runs the ball. So he's mm-hmm. kind of just not scoring that well anymore. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know like if there's something more structural about it. I think it's mostly just that, that Smith's retired and... Mm-hmm. I suppose everything's kind of going wide too. I don't know. Is that something? It is. It is. You find that, you know, teams in their sets, the ball goes from one side of the field to the other almost on every tackle. It's 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 weird. It's weird. Mm. I, like, I actually like it, but yeah. Yeah. The most slam dunk guy, I guess, if you don't have him, is Tohu. Um, oh, yeah. Like, Tohu's yeah. a bit of a no-brainer. I just assume that most people yeah. will bring him in this week. Yeah. Um, so just looking at the, the most traded. How do you, how do you feel about people wanting to trade in uh, Alex Johnson? Look, I don't have him, and I'm tinkering with the idea of it. Yeah. Um. So, like, you've missed a boat a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he's expensive now, but they've still got a pretty good run for the next few weeks. That side is still lethal. 
He could have mm-hmm. scored five tries against the, the Broncos. Yeah, he could have. Like, watching that game was not fun as a non-owner. He was. Mm-hmm. I was very lucky that he only scored 80 points. If, if Gagai had passed a couple of times, he, he goes over for four tries. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, he's a potential keeper, but he's like 660K now. Yep. So, yeah, I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if... If Garrick's a trade-in, then I, I don't understand why Johnston wouldn't be. Like, yes, yes, Johnston doesn't have the, the base and the kick that the Garrick does, but he's also like what, 100 grand cheaper or something. 60. 60 odd grand cheaper. Yeah. Any love for Kieran Foran? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We won't even talk about him then. So the other guy that's on the list, and this is a kind of interesting one, and, and I don't think either of us are in this situation. And kind of god help you if you are do you know what i'm about to say no tommy turbo yeah okay that is an interesting one nine hundred and sixty-nine thousand dollars so was he was he a little bit hobbled at the end of origin he he had a like a slight foot injury they said is there any risk of him not playing oh yeah there's definitely a risk of him not playing um so, you know, I'd be watching for the team lists an hour before kickoff. I think there's almost, like, there's a pretty high risk he, he gets rested. Mm. Um, but assuming he plays, do you bring him in at 970k knowing that he probably misses the next two games? Uh, no. No. This is going back to what I'm saying. Like, what's, what's, what's your logic for bringing him in as an overall player if, if he is going to miss the next two games? You get somebody who plays... Maybe three more, you know, three more games, and then you can try to bring him in in three games' time. And in that in in the interim, try to try to get ahead of those guys who are holding him. Yeah, maybe. But if he scores two hundred again and he's everyone's captain, even if he misses the next two games, how do you claw back four hundred? You know, let's say your captain scores a hundred, mm-hmm. and he scores two hundred, and you don't have him at all, and so and yeah. everyone captains him. That's four hundred. So mm-hmm. you're losing. Lots, basically. No, okay, it depends what what who you have, but you might be losing three hundred points in one round. Yeah, but again, you get on him, and then it's all, all of a sudden round twenty, and you know, then you're looking for pods in round twenty. Sorry, I don't quite understand. Like, if you if you get on him, you're going to be in the same situation as everybody else who has him, which is everybody who's doing well. And if he then misses two games after this week, like, sorry, it'll be round 19. And then you're like, okay, well, now I have to still find pods because I didn't make up ground on my opponents because I got in the same play that they all had. Well, this is the same conversation we just had. Sure. That's all well and good. But if he, if he goes and scores 200 points, you don't have him. If he's everyone's captain, it doesn't help you catch anybody. And But him being out two games does. So maybe that is... Yeah, but who out. are you going to get that's going to score 300 points in two games? Yeah, I don't know. It, you know, like, I mean, that's the equation that you're looking at, really. Yeah. I, if you think that maybe he gets rested and White comes off at sixty minutes, and maybe, maybe he only he only scores a hundred, and a lot of people have him as captain, then maybe you can skip him this week and and wait a couple of weeks. But sure. So so but if he if does go two hundred again, you're basically like you're in trouble. Yeah. So if you're looking at getting him in, then maybe you don't have Ruben Garrick either, and that would be a good trade. So if there's a way, if if it's a toss up between those two, then I'd be getting Garrick because not only do you, uh, not only do you pot up a little bit, but you also massively benefit because Garrick is is kind of the is kind of the guy who gets the biggest advantage out of Tommy Turbo being out. Yeah, that's true. If it was a decision between him and Garrick, like I can see some logic in getting Garrick because you know if the if Manly do put a huge score on the Bulldogs, then he'll be a big part of that, you'd think, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if he's playing fullback because Tommy's out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, without being a dick, I just think if you don't have Tommy you, you already, you're kind of playing this game wrong. Um, yeah. yeah. I honestly don't, I don't know what I'd do in that situation right now. I'd be loath to pay 970 k for a guy that's only going to play one of the next three weeks. But at the same time, 
fuck, it'd be hard. Like, I wouldn't want to watch the game this weekend. Yeah. And he's going to be more... Like, if he does go massive, he's got to break even to 140, but if he... 14. But if he breaks mm-hmm. that, he's going to be more expensive. He's going to be a million. Yeah. I think he's turned up six out of the eight games that he's played. Mm. And two out of those have been, like, 200. Yeah. So 25% of the time, he's scoring a double century. Yeah, in my, in my punters club last week, uh, the bet that we took, which we thought was the most slam dunk bet, was Tommy Tober to score two tries, and he did it within fifteen minutes. So, did I tell you about my bet that I had on during that game? No. no. So I just decided I, I very rarely bet on anything, but for some reason I was bored on the Sunday, and I just thought, oh well, I've bought Garrick. And I've got Tommy as captain. I may as well like load up on Manly just to mm-hmm. you know double down on this whole thing. So I put a bet on Garrick scoring a double and Manly winning by twenty plus. Yep. Which is paying like eight bucks. Right. At half time, Garrick yeah. hadn't scored shit, hadn't scored a try, yeah. didn't look like getting involved, and Manly are down yeah. by like nearly twenty. Yeah. And it's like, you know, tear up your ticket time. Yeah. And they came home yeah. and they, yeah. they did it comfortably. Yeah. He scored four. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, okay, so we, we talked about captains briefly. Um, look, if Tommy plays, it's pretty hard to go past him, particularly if with, now that Cleary's out. Uh-huh. Is there anyone else you like? No. <laughs> Nobody. Just flat out no. What about vice? Who would your vice captain? It's kind of hard, isn't it? Because um, he plays like the fourth game and there's a bunch of kind of good teams playing good teams for him yeah yeah that's a very good question i i, I actually have no idea yeah it's I, hard. I, maybe like a, a door maybe he crosses for a double and scores yeah. well yeah yeah maybe yeah maybe. i don't know there's not much there. If you're going to captain, I, I guess you could, you could vice captain Tommy if you thought, like there's a chance of him getting rested with 20 minutes to go, mm-hmm. um, and look at maybe one of the bunnies, yep, or or maybe a shark even. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that will depend on who you've got. I've got Burbo, so I don't. While Burbo's getting named, I can't really loop at all. Yep, I'm desperately hoping that when Manly get their cavalry back, that Burbo fucks off out of the team. Yeah, right. So I don't have to trade him. I might trade in this, uh, what's his name? Kane the De- Lewis guy. Who's Do that? you even know who I'm talking about? <laughs> he's no. a he's a prop for Manly who's played two games. Um and is named on the bench. I think he's a good uh he's a good bottom price guy for round seventeen. That will just fuck off and won't be seen again. That's right. Yeah. 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 That could be a good shout. Any chance that, like, Burbo comes on and scores a try during round 17? There's no guarantees he even gets named. I'm also still hanging on to Ryan James getting named for round 17. Uh, Do you have Corey Harawira and Nara yet? I do, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um... So Ryan James is still a chance, I think, mm-hmm. given that Josh Papali will play Origin. Mm-hmm. But yeah, who knows? All right, uh, just quickly, uh, I should talk about the the searching Corey group. Yep. Um, so there's a, a team called the Eliminators, who mm-hmm. went absolutely ballistic last week. Okay. Um, and they're up. I think the guy scored like eighteen hundred points. Whoa. And um, yeah, so he's into sixth overall. Mm-hmm. He's got eighteen twenty nine last week. Sixth overall. Yeah, he's he's his name is Andrew, and okay. he's uh, he's leading. I'm in fourth spot. I'm fifty sixth. Very nice. We have Very seven nice. guys in the top eighty two. What is that? What is our group coming? Well, I don't, I don't think they, oh, they, don't, they, don't, do they don't rank yeah. the overall groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just so people playing at home know, 469101 is the group code. Yeah. 
seven seven guys out of the seventy odd people in the thing are in the top eighty. Whoa. And I'm fighting my way back in the Turbo's Hemi Cup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm now in, like, what am I? I'm in 15th. Okay. Out of 20. But um, pretty good for and against for where I'm in. And, like, I'm on 10 points and 8 spots only on 14 points. Right. So I think I'm still in with some chance. Yeah, okay. Some chance of making the 8. I've got to keep keep having wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be, be a pretty good fight back. It would, it would. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, I think I think we're good. I think that was a constructive chat. <laughs> was it? Or were we just yelling at each other? Well, I, that's you know we're ethnic. That's how we. That's how we've been constructive chats. <laughs> that's how we express our love. Yeah, yeah. Through yelling at each other. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with Nathan Cleary. I think. As I said, six weeks for me is the inflection point. Mm-hmm. Less than that, and I'll keep him more than that, and I'll probably sell him. Yep. It'll be very interesting to see where that goes. And if yeah, we all for me, it's about the inflection's about four weeks personally. But yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. See ya. See ya.